Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello. Thank you for going to the last shop twice... Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why it's can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clouteau. It's the same. Just thing. say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. In 2014, a failed stand-up comic entered a contest called The Hunt for the Host. He did not win. Later, he was joined by an underperforming Oregon State fullback with a community college degree. These men, neither having earned the position and possessing no real skills, continue on as radio personalities. If you have nothing better to do on a Saturday morning, and if you can find them, maybe you can hear The Sinner and the Saint. Starring Luke Anderson. Get out of, get out of, uh, get out of gentlemen's clubs. How oh. do you like those? Oh, hey, I'm ready for Mickey Mouse now. It is now. Devolved into that. And Will Darkens. Ear or eye? Where do you want it? On 1080 The Fan. <laughs> yeah. Made it to hour two of this fine radio broadcast. Gave our hot reviews of Game 3 of the Blazers to kick off the show in Hour 1. If you want to go back and listen, you can go to 1080thefan.com and download the podcast. Or you can go to Twitter. It'll be there for your uh, easy consumption right on the 1080thefan Twitter feed. It's at 1080thefan. Also got some hot feedback in terms of what animal is best to oh, throw. We are going there, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Five five three oh five is the better you today text line. Uh, to finish out hour one, we were talking about a story of a man in Ohio who threw an iguana at a restaurant manager at a Perkins. Yeah. And the text line is uh, is bringing in some strong suggestions for the most bizarre animal to be flung at you. Baboon or a fat spider was a good one. I think a spider. I didn't think about that because I think about that movie Home Alone where the spider gets on his face. Yeah, the tarantula. Or, yeah, the tarantula. Well, it's yeah. a spider, but, yeah, I mean, that's the, you know, just get in there. Because there's not another spider that you're terrified by, right? Or unless, I guess, if you have arachnophobia and you're afraid of spiders. But most spiders are small enough that you'd probably be like, what was that? And somebody would have to tell you, oh, it's a spider, it's on you. But a, a tarantula, you know that thing's coming. Okay, what's worse? Somebody opens their trench coat and backhands out a huge tarantula and it falls on your face. Like a Chinese star. Yeah, like a Chinese star. <laughs> like <it just laughs> and then it just yeah. sticks to your face. Wah! Like a bad karate yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah, not okay. great. Now here's the second option. Okay. Somebody comes in. They have a trench coat on. 
And then all of a sudden they make a big scene and you try to come up and you're like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? And he gets out a t-shirt gun. A t-shirt cannon. A t-shirt cannon. Fires it. And it's all just a bunch of little spiders. Yeah, the 10,000 little spiders is probably worse. I'm not I'm not really afraid of spiders. I've never been face to face with a tarantula. It sticks to your face? Yes. Yeah, sticks I don't think to your you, face. I don't think and no you matter how people. hard you try, it is there and it's continually just biting you. Yeah, so I don't know the anatomy of a of a tarantula. That thing bites you, you you dead? Uh, eventually. <laughs> I would imagine. Well, yes, but if you get if you get bit by like a, a little puppy dog, you'll eventually die. They may not be related. I'm saying the tarantula will kill you if it, if it bites your face. Uh, I'll give you like you get a nice like 24 hour window to get to a hospital. Yeah, and I don't treat want yourself. I don't want the tarantula bite in my face. So and you're gonna take the t-shirt cannon of spiders? The, I feel like the force that the t-shirt cannon spiders come out at yeah. may kill some of the spiders. But I, I assume that you're saying, you're saying I'm coated in spiders. Yeah, it, yeah the yeah, spiders. That, I'll take the I'll take the tarantula. The spiders I'll bite him coming off. out of the cannon. I'll, I'll hope that I can swipe fast enough that he doesn't bite me and that I yeah. can get him off. I mean, if I know I'm going to get bit either way in both scenarios, I mean, I guess there's no good one. I'll take on the single giant spider versus millions of tiny spiders. Yeah, the the yeah. Uh, the mass of uh, t-shirt cannon spiders. They are intact once they make contact with For you. Sure. None of them are yeah, dying. Yeah. After that, some of them could die if you're making contact. But those things are coming at you fast, and um, and there's no telling yeah. what crevice they will get into. I will say the one on the Better You Today text line that got me, 55305 if you want to send the animals that you would fire at somebody in a restaurant. Uh, the live fish took me for a loop. I hadn't considered that. I'm hmm. surprised if any living fish comes out. Somebody rifles a coho at you that's still flopping around. Lobster is going to catch me a little Ooh. off guard. Ooh. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I said the, the reptile people, they're throwing something at you. But, yeah, you're fish people. That kind of freaks me out. You're amphibians, if you will. It's going to catch me a little off guard. Shellfish. Uh, somebody suggested starfish on there. I feel like I could evade a, a fish. No, no, I'm just saying it surprises you. I don't think yeah. it freaks you out as much, but I think that one catches me for a loop, especially mm. if it feels like it just came out of the pond. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, here comes a a Dolly Varden at you. Cold and clammy. Yeah, yeah. I don't want any. I don't want any. Yeah, octopus. Tarantulas are not poisonous, according to the Better You Today text line. They are in this situation, which which apparently is fact. Yeah, 24 hours. I'm dead in 24 hours. Yeah, in unless you get to a hospital. In any scenario, then give me both. Take on all the spiders. I'm dead in 24 hours anyways. I want to go down in a way where everybody's like, he saved all those people from the spiders. He took on every single one of them. He saved everybody else in the restaurant, but he died. See, the thing is, yeah. I'll be there too, and I will be the one guy who goes, that's not true. <laughs> he didn't really save anybody. In fact, he, in he incited it. And the guy was just enjoying his breakfast, and he just came up and would not quit bothering him. Guy came out, got a T-shirt gun out. I'm sorry, T-shirt cannon, fired it. Spiders everywhere. I, I don't know what those guys are saying, but he was the root cause of the problem. I'm not going to put the blame on anybody for last night's game. It was kind of a sloppy game with the Blazers and the Thunder. I feel like Damian Lillard kind of played – into their hands where he had to play hero ball, especially in the third quarter. What do you need to see different from from Dame in game four? Just start stronger. I mean, that was really it, honestly. I, I mean, 
the Thunder were there for the taking at the beginning of the game. I know that, and we were talking about this earlier in the show, was that I know the announcers and a lot of the people post-game and a lot of the national pundits were saying, like, oh, you know, the Thunder just had a bounce-back game. No, dude, they both were playing like crap from the very <laughs> beginning. And, in fact, the Blazers were playing like more crap than really the Thunder. The Thunder were playing they probably... They had a one-point lead in the first quarter. The Thunder were probably playing at the consistent level you would expect at this point. Because I, I know coming into the playoffs, everybody took this as the upset round, the one that you thought the Thunder could take down the three seed. But very quickly in the first two games, you realized, yeah, I don't think the Thunder are that good anymore. They yeah. just don't look that great. Paul George is hurt. He He can't shoot consistently. He's grimacing. He gets worse as the game goes on. And Russell Westbrook is honestly aged. He just has. <laughs> I, I'm serious, man. You watch that guy play, and then once you get to the third quarter, like, steam is out. I don't know, but he still has that freak athleticism. I mean, that block he had on Dame where he's just going up there, and he's, that you know, that killer instinct that he has where he just has to be mean. It's like, listen, if you didn't hate me before, you'll hate me after this game because the way I play. But, you know, he started hitting shots late, but I think that was kind of contagious. That block was vicious. <laughs> yeah. I, I think consistency is one thing, but I think it's also – the kind of thing that we've seen from Dame where you have to involve the rest of your team. And and he he has the ability to go and score 25 points in a quarter that we saw, but it's it's make sure that, listen, if you guys get down, you, yes, I know that you're going to need to step up and do a little bit more, but last night's one of those nights where those 30-footers aren't falling, and so he decides to just take it to the rack. There's a middle ground somewhere in there, right? If you're getting double teams, that means somebody is open, and I realize that people are missing shots, but you, you can't go hero ball on it. That is, that's what we criticize Russ for, right? He needs to get a triple-double. He needs to be a stat monster and go out and do all of that. And I think Dame did a little bit of that last night. Not blaming him for the, the loss or anything like that, but you just need to, I see, am. You need to see a different approach in game four. <laughs> I am anti-Damian Lillard. I'm blaming him. I am anti Damian Lillard. Let's do it. Yeah, I think we could. Yeah, no, I don't see. I don't see why not. Let's run him out of town. You want to start? <laughs> you and I are going to start the yeah, revolt. Let's do it. Revolt against Damian Lillard. Yeah, screw him. <laughs> he didn't do anything for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. What has that guy done? See, is he, he wouldn't have won that Rocket series without Lamarcus, and he proves it again that he can't do it without. What? What they win one series against the Clippers when everybody's hurt. We could call Mike Francesa and start taking calls and people come on and they like throw relevant stats in our face. And we're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Just dis <laughs> it doesn't matter. In his seven years, he's one of the greatest players that we've ever seen in the NBA. No, 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 no. no. Those, are, those are all those stats. He's playing on a bad team. I'm lo I got the numbers in front of me right now. No way. I don't know where you're getting those. That's not what I'm seeing when I'm looking at the numbers. You're just making that up. I need you to get out of here. Get out of my face. All right, it's time to talk some baseball. We're bringing back in our good friend Jen Ellis to talk about what's going on on the diamond. We will do that next. We have a high school baseball player that has done something uh, that no major leaguer has ever done. And why do the Red Sox stink so friggin' bad? That is all next when we talk some baseball right here on the Center and the Saint. This is 1080 The Fan. So since baseball season started, we've been bringing in uh, Jen Ellis. She's one of our co-workers here on Intercom. She's the voice of our new channel Q. Yes. HD channel. HD2 KRSK. HD2. Yes. We are channelq.com. She just picks up the checks. <laughs> you, also hear, you also hear her uh, uh -huh. voice in uh, a lot of the commercials, local commercials that you hear. 
around here, but Jen Ellis is a huge Oakland A's fan. Yes, and a huge baseball fan too. So, yes. oh no, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. But yes. you, you, you're wearing all of your A's gears head all to toe. Time, and yeah. the whole idea of this segment is to bring you in to help find some of the the cool stories in baseball. But we really want to get Will Darkens to be a baseball yeah. fan. We need to get him prepped for the uh, the Portland baseball team to come here. Uh, mm-hmm. Looks like we're going to get the first place Tampa Bay Rays because they had a game. I don't know if you, either of you caught this. It's under 9,000? Yeah, they had less than 9,000 yeah. in attendance, uh, and they are the best team yes. in the American League East right now. Yeah. Uh, so the Rays are coming to Portland. The Portland yes, Rays are a very are. good baseball team, and we would fill up a stadium to see them play. Absolutely. Will, Will did you find anything in baseball this week that you wanted to talk about last week? You were excited about something. Anything this week? Uh, so I'll start it off with a national game that was, I think, last night, uh, Phillies and Rockies. Mm-hmm. The fact that H- Bryce Harper had something like five or six hits and they still lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do that? Yeah. Who well, knows? Very easily. Yes. Um, it, it's one of those things where hits don't always equate to wins. Uh, the, the Angels have been right. out hitting the Mariners, but they can't seem to get a win uh, because they don't know how to run the bases, which yeah. to me is absolutely fantastic. I love that. Um, but yeah, I the like Phillies are a good team leagues. though. They're yeah. what? 11 and eight. I think, uh, yeah. they're tied for first place in their division. So it's interesting. Yes. Uh, Jen, what did you catch? Still in early. What was that? <laughs> it's still early. We'll be saying that until the end of September. It's still early. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's it is. still time. Well, baseball yes. goes through waves. Yes, we were talking course. about the Mariners yes. last week. Yeah. And you asked if I could give Mariners fans permission to get excited about how they've started the season. And this was of course, before they got swept by the Astros, maybe? I don't know. Did they get swept by the Astros? They got swept by the Astros, yes. and then they got swept and then by they the got Indians. Swept by the Indians, right. So I, I went back and I listened, and it, you know, I did give Mariners fans to uh, permission to get excited, but be p- cautiously optimistic. Sure. And I also called <laughs> the Orioles the Baltimores. So, I mean, <laughs> when I listened back to it, I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. Well, but yeah, so uh, no, uh, this week there were um, you know some good stories uh, going on around baseball. One thing that I did want to mention real quick uh, Autism Awareness Month, April, um, is Autism Awareness Month. And the Oakland A's actually did uh, unveil a new sensory room at the Coliseum this year. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, well, you had a yeah. personal connection to, yeah, to this I, story. Yes. Actually, I used to be a foster mom for a, a little boy with autism. And uh, we had some trouble finding places to take him, obviously, because of sensory overload and things like that. And at baseball games, of course, you know, I mean, there's tons going on. So apparently with this new... Uh, sensory room at the Coliseum they have uh bags filled with you know little uh noise canceling headphones and little fidget tools and things like that 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 uh people with PTSD with autism with you know I mean uh down syndrome there's you know tons of of different uh sensory issues that people have and um you know just to go into a nice quiet space and be, still be able to enjoy the game. Yeah. I think is really important. Well, I think that's fantastic too. Yeah. And it's, it's funny cause you, you know, we talk a lot of blazers on this game, but I couldn't imagine going to a blazers game with, oh, yeah. with, with sensory, uh, uh difficulties yes, because yeah, exactly. just, there's just so there's much so going, much going on, on at yes. all times during mm-hmm. them. Baseball games, I don't think as is nearly as intense as an, right. in, in arena experience, sure. but there still is an absolute oh, yeah, ton absolutely. going on. So yeah, very, yeah. very cool that the yeah. A's do that. Do you know if other teams are doing I don't the same know thing? yet. You know, I want to look into it. I want to see what other teams have uh, sensory rooms in their, uh, in their arenas or their ballparks. Uh, I think that's kind of a, a cool thing to 
Very research. Cool. Yeah. Well, a couple of weeks ago when you first came on the show, we were talking about what your ambitions are in the sport of baseball. And you, we were talking about Portland mm-hmm. baseball oh, and, yeah. the, and the Portland Diamond Project coming here. And yeah. you said that you want to be a PA announcer. I would That's- love to be a, a PA announcer. I, I think there's only one female PA announcer in MLB right now, uh, Rennell Brooks-Moon for the San Francisco Giants. And so uh, it turns out that there is an opportunity for you to take one step towards that hey, dream. Yeah, I know. I'm uh, the, the Hillsboro Hops are holding open auditions yeah. on May 1st. Yeah. So uh, I wanted help from the listeners. Better you today, <laughs> text line 55305. Next week, what we're going to do. So the auditions are on May 1st. So we have one more show before we do this. But what All we'd right. like to do is Will and I are going to think this week and put together some uh, some quick reads that you can do sure. as a PA, PA announcer. Yeah, absolutely. So 55305 is the Better You Today <laughs> text line. Or hit us up on Twitter at CenterSaint1080. And let us know what you want Jen to say as a PA announcer for her. It'll be a practice audition on, sure, on yeah. the air next week. There, yeah, that'll be good. To anybody sitting in the 300 level, you've left your nuts. <laughs> your nuts in your seat. Yes. Yeah. Now, now batting number 666, Luke Anderson. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Ooh. Well, we'll, we'll, <laughs> co- we'll come up with a lot of uh, um, names that may be difficult to pronounce Jen, okay. i think will would be part you, of it. would you keep your same like natural speaking voice or would you put it on cuz like yeah. i know for when you do stuff on the radio like it is still your speaking voice sure. but you hand but it up just a tad of course and everybody goes oh do your radio voice and it's like no no this is just my voice it just sounds a little different when you're listening to it come out of the speakers but uh, I think, you know, PA announcers, it's, it's tricky because, you know, you want to be excited for uh, the, your, your home team yep. and you want to have that excitement in your voice. But at the same time, you don't want to overpower and take away from the experience of the game. I think it's, it's, uh, it's better to be a little bit more understated than yeah. going, you know, like, yeah, go A's, you know, <laughs> or just screaming somebody's name, you know, Ramon yeah. You know, I just think that's way over the top and too much, you know, but yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't survive as a uh, PA announcer at all. In fact, I used to be a PA announcer for the Mount Hood <laughs> men's basketball team. Did you really? I really did, and I tried to put on a voice for it, <laughs> and I had the athletic director come up to me after the first game and go, can you just talk like you normally do? Just, yeah, just a normal Please voice. don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I feel like sometimes you, you just hear the PA announcers sound like they're just screaming, and you can hear it, you know, it, when you're watching games, you can hear it in the background. Well, yeah, and, and, well, and like we talked about, baseball has a different vibe. You're mm-hmm. at the ballpark. Yeah. You know, yeah. the field or the yes. stadium or the yeah. arena. You're at the ballpark, right. and you want to be part of the the ambiance without overpowering. Yes, so, exactly. Well, I know you're probably going to give a uh, A's answer here, but no. um, do you have, like, a favorite, uh, not PA announcer, but, like, announcer in baseball or, like, a play-by-play guy in baseball? I, well, uh, Radio-wise, I mean, Vin Scully. I, I grew up listening to Vin Scully, so his voice just gives me chills and brings tears to my eyes anytime I hear it. It's he. I would love his voice to be like the voice of the soundtrack of my life or something like that. <laughs> I, I, so how somebody didn't cast him as the voice of God? I, I mean, I know yeah. it's because Morgan I mean, Freeman yeah. probably took the job, but wouldn't that be just <laughs> right. like for some baseball movie, oh, Angels man. in the Outfield or something, the yes. voice of God is Vin Scully or God. Yeah, it needs to be yeah, built that's a, in somewhere. Yeah, that's a missed opportunity there for sure. So I asked you the question earlier as kind of a tease to this, and you were trying to to pick your brain around it. There, there was a high school kid that did something that has never been done in right. Major League Baseball. It's not something that's insanely uncommon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's something that you would think, 
in the 115-year history of baseball somebody would have done. It's never been done at the major league level, but it has been done once in professional baseball. I think it was triple-A or single-A. Okay. Um, what what's your guess? Well, uh, I you know I mean I was being goofy and I said a grand slam walk off bunt, but I know that's not no, that possible is, that in is... any sport. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because there would be errors involved. Right. But um, did did you have an honest guess? I let you kind no, of ponder. No, it over I know I can't. I can't think. I mean, you said it. It might. It possibly has something to do with hitting. Well, it has everything to do oh, with hitting. Okay, it's something okay. he did. A kid did as a hitter, and it took okay. him four at bats to accomplish this. Okay. Um, and it's not. I mean, obviously not like, you know, hitting for the cycle or anything dumb like that. It's actually similar to that. Oh, okay. What he did was he hit hit four triples. He hit the cycle with home runs. Oh. So something in that he had a a solo solo home run. uh, Two run home run. Here's what he did. Yeah, his first at bat, the lead off hitter hit a solo home run in his first at bat, hit a three run homer in his second at bat, hit a two run homer. In his third at bat, uh-huh. and then in his fourth at bat, he had a grand, a grand slam. slam. Nice. So he ended up with 10 RBIs. Uh, <laughs> this has never That's been awesome. done in Major League Baseball. Here's the absolute craziest part about it is you're like, oh, this kid must be some sort of uh, uh, Ohio legend or whatever. Mm. He's going to be a high pick. His first four home runs he's ever hit in high school baseball. Wow. Isn't, all in that same game. All, yeah, all, all in one game. All in one game. This oh kid, God, uh, awesome. his name is Luke Borer, uh, and yeah, he's a junior, uh, plays high school in Perrysburg, uh, Ohio, and uh, yeah, his first at bat <laughs> hits his first home run ever. Second at bat nice. hits his second home run ever, and then he does something that's been never done in Major League Baseball. Wow, that's and, awesome. And the only guy that ever was able to do it was in 1998 a guy named Tyrone Horn played for the Arkansas Travelers it was a double A affiliate of the oh, Arizona okay. or the, the St. Louis Cardinals mm-hmm. um and he did a he did the cycle uh, of home runs that's awesome so, yeah I thought that <laughs> was a, a good story I wanted to share that's with cool. everybody but uh, uh yeah real quick before we finish up this segment what is wrong with the Boston Red Sox I don't know but it's pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Right yeah. now, the Baltimore Orioles, who were picked to finish dead last mm-hmm. in all of baseball, have a better record than the defending World Series champs. Yep. Um, okay, Here, then here's the question. <laughs> She's laughing at the Red Sox. Better story. Uh, Logan Morrison, who has mm-hmm. maybe one of the worst nicknames in baseball, they call him Lomo. Uh, <laughs> it was, it's been traded to the New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. And he. it's kind of uh, one of the things where Yankees fans don't know how to take it because he is on record saying that Yankees fans are stupid. Yeah. That funnier or the Boston Red Sox just oh, being terrible? Boy. Which is your take? Oh, take your man. pick of your favorite. Oh, I well, I mean, Yankees fans are stupid, but um, yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. God, well, yeah, I mean, it is. It's pretty comical how uh, you know the Red Sox have just not been able to get things going so far this year, and Chris Sale hasn't won anything yet. I mean, I think he has the most losses so far of any starter. I uh, I haven't I seen that, but I know that Nathan Avaldi is going oh, yeah. is, is injured now. He's got an now. elbow issue, mm-hmm. um, and he's a badass too. I mean, like as much as I don't really like the Red Sox, yeah. <laughs> but every time you know he would face the A's, I'd, oh God, here comes that guy. Well, and he you had know, the what so the good. the seventy seventy five innings that he pitched in extra mm-hmm. innings in the World Series yep. last year, yeah. and just went oh man on and he on and nuts. on. Yeah, and that was just such he a pitched cr- like an entire <laughs> game's worth. <laughs> he pitched like two extra games. 
games entirely yeah. in extra innings in the World Series. <laughs> uh, but now he's hurt. But yeah, that is those are two and of Pedroia's my favorite. Pedroia is hurt too. I mean, but yeah. Easily two of my favorite stories in baseball yes, right that's now. Great. I so. love it. Um, all right. So keep sending in your suggestions. Next week we will have uh, <laughs> a, a uh, practice Play for, yeah. practice for uh, for your audition to be the go. play-by-play, or I'm sorry, the, the public address announcer. Yes. For the Hillsborough Hops. Uh, right. Jen, thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. <laughs> I've got a few more NFL stories, a uh, couple, uh, couple things to preview for the NBA playoffs. We'll do all that uh, to finish out the show, and we'll give you what to watch this weekend. You're listening to The Sinner and The Saint on 1080 The Fan, but right now, the news. Had another suggestion on the Better You Today text line for an animal to throw. What is that? Porcupine. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you want any part of that. How about a skunk? Ooh. Because you know once it makes contact, it's going to release. Which one? Both? Rather, well, the rather skunk. Be, rather be porcupined or skunked? I'd say skunked because I can wash that off, and I, and I doubt it's really going to hurt. It's just going to be kind of annoying. Like a porcupine, dude, I got to go to the hospital, and they got to get the the quills out and yeah so here was i'll tell you a quick story that my grandma told me that was absolutely terrifying so when my twins were first born we go out to visit uh my grandma and uh she's she's got a bunch of family around and she had pulled out a bunch of old pictures my grandma passed away last year she was 92 so you know towards the end of her life she needed a lot of reminiscing and so she's got all these old photos and there's this old farmhouse that my uh my mother was born in on the middle of like the prairie in Montana and they were miles from running water and they didn't have any indoor plumbing, obviously. And they had, it's just, just this standing structure or whatever. Well, my oldest uncle was crawling around on the floor and uh, he started kind of wheezing and hacking a little bit. He had swallowed a porcupine quill. Uh, <laughs> they're miles and miles from the doctor. My grandpa had to cut it out himself. <laughs> that is Isn't that the most terrifying thing you've ever And here I am with two infant children And just being like here meet meet the kids And she's like oh yeah when, when Uncle William was a baby He ate a porcupine quill That is such a country story I'm saying Like a you know like I'm from the country kind of thing Oh he swallowed one Back in the 1940s when we lived in a shanty In the middle of the prairie in Montana your uncle swallowed a porcupine kill, so Grandpa dug it out of his neck. That is absolutely <laughs> disgusting. It's terrifying. It is awful. How did anyone survive before 1950? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty commonplace to just kind of die. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it, it's not a bit. It's because I mean, dying today, it's it's a pretty big deal. I mean, people yeah. you, have you have to families. put in quite a bit of effort to die. Well, yeah, you do. Or, you know, you just get bad luck and, you know, you have a condition or, or something. But like for the most part, it's it's elongated. It's it's something yeah. you either know. Sometimes it happens unexpected. But like back then, people just died all the time. Yeah. And really, I think families kind of just expected it, too. That was like if they died, it was like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So, yeah. He said he was going out hunting, and then I guess a bear killed him. So, yeah, whatever. He's dead now. Yeah, it's 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 hard to put your your mind back in a place where it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, everybody has six kids because one of them's not going to make it. Yeah. So. Oh, Tommy died. He fell down a well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel partly responsible because I sent him to go get the water, but, you know, whatever. 
NFL draft is coming up on Thursday. I have really no idea what's going to happen. And to be quite honest, I don't really care because whatever the assessments are immediately following the draft are most likely going to be wrong. You want your team, obviously, to make a pick that you're excited about, something to carry you through the summer and be excited for next season. But to me, it's you know, I'm a Seahawks fan. They're going to probably trade out of the first round. You get a couple of defensive players you don't really know, but you read up on their evaluation. You're like, oh, that seems like a Malik McDowell. That seems like a pretty good pick. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a second. Are you telling me that everything Mel Kuyper is saying is wrong? No. I'm saying that it has as much of chance of being wrong as it does of being right. I think I think his assessments are probably 50-50. Kyler Murray, is he going to be great? Eh, is he going to be terrible? Is he going to be bad year one and great year two, like we saw with uh, Jared Goff? Is he going to be great year one and terrible the rest of the time like RG3? I have no idea. It, it's a long game. The NFL plays out, and you figure out who's good year, what, two, three, four. So... One of the interesting stories coming out of this, though, is the Raiders. So the Raiders have three first-round picks. Awesome. They've already sent home six of their scouts going, we don't want you anywhere near the war room. I find this far more interesting than any mock drafts. And I don't know what the war room is like, but from what I have been reading about it, there are some people that say it's all hands on deck and you need everybody that's in there to be present, sharp, alert, be able to reevaluate as players fall off the board. I think this is a great move by John Gruden, whether it works or not, because he can look back and go, that was my draft, and if they succeed, he can take all the credit in the world for it, and if they fail, he'll get fired, and he still gets the guarantee on the rest of his 10-year, $100 million contract. Dude has nothing to lose. That's exactly what I'm saying. Nothing. People, I've heard people be critical of this and just, oh, another point that the Raiders have lost their way and they don't know what they're doing. I think this is brilliant. Yes. Yeah. He can do whatever he wants to. They're going to move to Vegas at a certain point, and he's still going to keep his job because there will still be the reasoning that, like, let's say they have another bad season, there will still be the reasoning of, oh, well, they're moving to Vegas. you got to give them another year. They move to Vegas. After the first year, they're in Vegas. Oh, well, they just got to Vegas. You got to give them another year. They just got to Vegas. He has a 10-year contract. Yes. For $100 million. I just think I just think it's absolutely fantastic that all the credit, all the blame go on his shoulders. And if, if that's your leader, I don't really have, I don't have any problem with that. But I'm shocked by how many people are being so critical of the move. Well, I think they're being critical because of all the moves that were made before this. The whole Khalil Mack trading, the whole letting Amari Cooper go <laughs> trading kind of thing. And I, I think that there's, it's a double-edged sword, right? There's some benefits to it. You have three first-round draft picks. Sure. That's amazing. It's a defensive-heavy draft. That's something that you honestly needed to work on, even though the guy that you traded away was the reason that you're were yeah. very good defensively. But I, I think that the other side of it, uh, you know, which is the bad side, is that now you kind of are sowing some distrust. I mean, you've already sown distrust among your players. There's a lot of reports coming out of Oakland that the players don't like what Gruden is doing. Now you're doing it within the organization where you have guys at the executive level that feel like they can't trust you as a head coach. So you're kind of uh, skirting the line of, is this going to work and is this not? You know, usually coaches that do really well, they play the game and they can uh, buy themselves a lot of years at an organization because people really like them there. Uh, point to Joe Philbin. Yeah. And even if they make mistakes, people go, well, I really like the guy. 
I get it that John Gruden has guaranteed money, but that also doesn't mean that he can get fired and they just pay him to go away. Yeah, but it's interesting because I think the Raiders, there's just something about John Gruden and the Raiders being that perfect marriage. Obviously, he's been there before, and they traded him away and didn't change the playbook for some reason. Which is really was, weird. I know. It's, it's one really of the, weird they one traded of, a coach. I know, I know, but then they didn't change. The playbook, and they meet the Raiders of the or they meet the former coach in the Super Bowl. Just one of the funnier stories ever. But it's just everything that's happened feels so Raiders. But I don't have the Raiders in the Super Bowl. They kept Khalil Mack last year and Amari Cooper. I mean, I think those are trades where you go, hey, listen, we need a lot more pieces than that. The contract that he signed with the Bears was probably worth the production they got for Khalil Mack. But the Raiders weren't going to benefit from it as much as the Bears did. So going out and just taking the thing down to the studs is a good move. But I just think that if you're trying to build confidence in your team, let's be honest, by the end of this draft, by the end of this offseason, it's not going to be a whole lot of veterans on there. And he doesn't you know, need to curry favor with the, the guys on the existing roster. He's bringing in a bunch of new blood. And if you don't like his way, get out. He has, like you said, two more years to do that garbage. So in his head... What do you think is his timeline for getting back to the Super Bowl? Because you know that guy is, I, I mean, he's an all or nothing guy. Yeah. He, he wants to get to the Super Bowl. He wants to win another Super Bowl. He wants to validate himself and his career. If he can win two Super Bowls, I think that you're going to be able to put John Gruden up in, you know, maybe he's one of the top 15 uh, figures in professional football history. And that will be because he's won two Super Bowls. Yep. And he was also just kind of a staple of broadcasting for the NFL. Where do you think, what year do you think he's like, okay, by this year we need to be there? Because obviously this was a wash year and he knew it too. Yeah. Uh, so you're going into year two. That seems too early, right? Year three, four, four. Let's say year four. When they're already in Vegas. Yeah. I think, I think that's it. I think, I think you get another pass this year, but I think they'll be better. They do have one of the toughest schedules in football. I mean, they play in a division that had two, three, 12, 13-game winner, winners last year. The Broncos with Flacco, you would expect to be better. I don't think that's going to be really a, a very easy run. So you want to be more competitive. You want to be able to find the future stars on that team. And if you have them on rookie contracts, we talk about it all the time with quarterbacks. But if you have a value edge rusher, if you have a value shutdown corner, if you have a value middle linebacker, there's a lot of positions on the football field that you benefit from not having to pay that guy a whole ton of money, no, none more than the quarterback. But I, I say I'm still shipping off people, and I'd be surprised if Derek Carr's by the end of next year is oh. the starter and no, is still on there. Yeah, yeah he's gone. He's, I, at, he's out of I don't, here. I think, he, I, I think you could very easily see him be a draft day move. Yeah, I, my prediction is the Giants. What do you What do you get for Derek Carr though? Uh, I think that you can get yourself a first rounder. Really? Oh yeah, definitely. He's somebody that has proven himself when healthy to be a very good quarterback, and I think most to the or Giants. Yeah, but I think most organizations kind of look at this down year that he had. Well, really, the two down years that he had was that it, it's the Raiders. It's the organization yeah. that you can kind of point to the organization and say, yeah, they, they, they jumble things up. It's not like the Jags too, right? Yeah. You can't really put a lot of weight on a guy who's really, really talented that maybe showed it in one year or two years and then had a down year. It's the organization. And I think with the yeah. giants, you're looking at a really young team that's going to have to focus their offense around Saquon Barkley and, and you Golden know, Tate. Yeah, and Golden Tate. And I think if you get a guy like Derek Carr, you automatically put yourself back in the running for being able to be at the top of that NFC East. Yeah. You know, if you don't, 
you know, you're dealing with another year of Eli and another year of, okay, I guess we're just going to call it a wash. Who are the teams that really need a quarterback? Washington, New York. I mean, the problem is they still haven't moved on from Eli, but the, the Redskins needed Washington, New York. You could say that, honestly, the Jaguars would need a younger quarterback, and Derek Carr's yeah. not the option, but a younger quarterback that you would want to learn under well, Nick they'll, Foles. They, they'll draft somebody, you would think. They need to draft somebody. Yeah. Nick Foles is not your long-term plan. He's your, what I would say, three-year plan of, hey, we got a great defense. Why don't we make another run at this thing uh the Bengals, other team uh, uh yeah the Bengals are another team honestly another team i could look at i know this sounds a little ridiculous but the the vikings <laughs> they're paying I, i'm serious dude yeah taking a chance on a young quarterback and just putting him under cousins to do one of two things light a fighter fire under Kirk cousins ass and then two think long term about Hey, I already know this guy has guaranteed money, but if he sucks two more years, we got to drop this guy. What about Carolina? Yeah. Trust Cam Newton coming back healthy. I mean, you can't pay two guys that kind of money. I realize, but Cam is Cam. He doesn't want to be a drop back quarterback. And we saw that with North Turner this last year is that they just kind of played into his whole thing and said, okay, if that's you, we're going to do it. And it ended up that the last game of the season you saw, I mean, it, it was, it was honestly like, I would say painful to watch Cam Newton play in that last game of the season. Yeah, well, well, did it, it, it was out the last two, the last game he played, right? Yeah, the yeah, last game yeah. he, yes, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, the yeah. last game he played on that Thursday night was just yep. painful to watch. Like yeah. not being able to throw past ten yards, it, that was it was embarrassing. So yeah. yeah, Carolina, you're right, might be another one that you want to just kind of look a couple of years in the, ahead in the future and say, you know. Yeah. Do I need a QB? Well, yeah, but just get a late round guy or mid round guy like Trace sure. McSorley, and you're all set. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching the NFL combine kind of replay and they're doing all the draft preview stuff. It's on ESPN right now. The creepiest thing I've ever seen is Sean Payton's kid look exactly like Sean Payton. Ew. Yes. Gross. Pull up a picture of that. It will gross you out. Is it like Reese Witherspoon and her kid? Oh, I've not seen Reese Witherspoon. Oh, all right. Let's look at, Dude, let's... you want to get freaked out? Look at Reese Witherspoon's kid. It's literally a miniature clone copy of Reese Witherspoon. I will look at Reese Witherspoon's child. You will look at uh, Sean Payton's child and we will tell you what to watch. We'll do all that all next. This is the center and the saint on 1080 the fan. <laughs> Which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is gone? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this. Whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore Showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer Will Darkins. And increasingly out-of-touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. Are here to tell you what to watch. Literally, it's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint. On 1080 The Fan. That music's so intense. Yeah. So you were scares de- me. You're dead on right about uh, Reese Witherspoon's daughter. I didn't find her name because I wasn't looking at it, but she is like mini Reese. Yeah, it's uh, it's like hot and scary at the same time. Yeah. 
And that's not the case with Sean Payton's son. It is uh, disturbing <laughs> and frightening at the same time. And it, like you just assume he has the same like burning rage that you know he's 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 disappointed in his own abilities, so he takes it out on others. Vindictive. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he's paying people to do like headshots. <laughs> Wait, what? I knew that guy injured. He's just got a temper that just yeah explodes. That's pretty good. Bunch of rage built up inside. Uh, all right, Will, what are you watching this weekend in sports? So, Trailblazers tip off tomorrow at 6.30. Obviously, that is what I'm going to watch. But in that game, what I'm going to watch is the bench. As we mentioned earlier in this show, the bench only scored about 20 points. CJ and Dame, they scored over 50 combined. That is not a good pattern, something that has been attributed to a bowl to the Blazers in past playoff appearances. So I'm hoping to see something from Zach Collins, getting some points in the paint. Seth Curry really needs to start shooting the ball a lot better and honestly just taking some shots. And we can't rely on Aminu to be the spark <laughs> that begins the game. So come out of the gate hot, keep scoring. And then when OKC comes back in the third quarter with a little bit of a scoring flurry, keep them down. Get back to Portland with a 3-1 lead and end this thing. I'm watching for sweeps. I want to see the Milwaukee Bucks just continue to roll through the Detroit Pistons. I want to see the Celtics get the sweep, and I want to see that second-round series. I think that that will be a ton of fun. I know that the Warriors can't get the sweep, but I want to see the Rockets uh, and the Warriors come in as fresh as possible because that's potentially two of the better second-round series that we will see, the Warriors, Rockets, and the Bucks. Celtics, I think will be outstanding. So I'm looking out for that. What are you watching outside of sports? Uh, Chronicles of Riddick's on right now. Ooh, watch that. Uh, leaving Netflix in April, a ton of Bond movies. Old ones, new ones. Uh, go and put all the Bond movies on. We've got a big Easter party tomorrow. I think I'm just going to put a uh, playlist of Bond movies together and have them on in the background. Start with the old ones like Goldfinger. All right, we're done. Thanks to Jen Ellis. Always uh, thanks to Will Darkins. Everybody have a wonderful weekend of sports, and we'll catch up with you next time. We're done. Bye-bye. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.